Welcome to the Echo Cast. I am Bond Diesel. This is episode 26. Wow. We've come so far. This week, um, as always, content updates, state of the game recap, the Division 2 news, speculation, and listener questions. The listener question piece is probably more questions than I've had the entire time I've done the Echo Cast. It's uh, great. So it may end up being the longest part of the segment, and I am completely down for that. So, jumping in the content updates. The first thing I want to say is absolute huge congratulations to Redstorm, Amper, Shacha, Terry Spear, Tony, Keith, everyone at Redstorm, everyone at Massive. Um, if you don't know, on Friday, yesterday, as a recording, they did a charity stream for Team Rubicon, which is an organization that sends American uh, military veterans to various areas that have been struck by natural disasters. And they raise money, um, especially considering the local disaster that they had had where um, a hurricane had just hit North, North Carolina and South Carolina. If you don't know, um, Red Storm is located in North Carolina in Raleigh. And they had a goal of $2,500. Very noble. Very awesome. Tons of money in a lot of respects. I was uh, only able to hang out for a little bit. I was busy Friday night, but I was checking in. And when I checked in at the end of the evening, when they were wrapping up, they had raised almost $13,000. It looks like they had raised their goal a couple times, which is amazing. A part of that is uh, Red Storm had agreed to match $5,000, I believe. So they ended up raising uh, about $7,500 plus the $5,000 from Red Storm. You're looking at a very impressive and very awesome charity stream and uh, example of the community. We aren't perfect. We have our bad kids. We aren't always patient and kind. But, as a whole, this is another great example of how awesome this community is. And how from top to bottom, from the head of Ubisoft down to Massive, and everyone who works in all of the studios, Annecy, Red Storm, Leamington, I'm gonna forget people. But from top to bottom, from them all the way down to the person who played 10 hours, to the person who's played 4,000 hours, the person who has never watched a stream, to the person who streams every day. For the most part, 99% of this community is insanely awesome. And that was a great example. So, bravo to everyone at Red Storm. <clears throat> bravo to everyone who donated. Everyone who just hung out, who promoted it, who talked about it. Just well done. Yeah, I'm very humbled to be a part of this community. And it's just awesome. So, well done. Division 2 merch giveaway that I am doing. I'm giving away one of the hoodies and t-shirts that you can find on the Ubisoft store. Uh, that will be going till the end of October. So, we've got a few weeks you will be able to enter on Gleam. There should be a link in whatever capacity you're watching this. There's a link on my Twitter. There's a link on the Division 2 Hub Twitter. There's a link on my Discord. If you want this, you can find it. And it's, uh, it's around $100 in value. 
especially after shipping. So um, check it out. I am opening up to people overseas within reason. I know in Europe and stuff like that, I can ship it relatively cheaply. Um, if, if I know when we get in like Southeast Asia and stuff like that, it gets a little more expensive. So I'll do my best. Uh, worst case scenario, I would probably end up just cutting a gift card to someone if the shipping is unreasonable. And hopefully you can buy it there. But yeah, check it out. You can you can enter almost in, in any social media way via my Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Um, my Twitch subscribers do get extra entries. You get 10 extra entries, which is pretty significant. And let's do it. In general, hopefully this episode is different. Hopefully my stream moving forward is better. But audio issues, I went from a $30 mic to a $150 mic. And it was great for a minute. And then I don't know if something has changed in OBS. I don't know if I screwed up my setup somehow, but I've been having tons of issues with audio quality. So I'll always keep working on it. I'm always striving to make this uh, stream appear to be more professional than it really is and this podcast. And uh, I just want to say sorry. It, it, the last couple podcasts were really gross or bad. And I'm genuinely embarrassed about it, but I would rather get content out than go silent or delete it. Um, so I appreciate the patience. I hope it gets better, um, and I'll keep working on it. When it comes to streams and stuff like that, this week I kind of took an unintentional break. Um, it's Saturday, and I haven't streamed since Monday, uh, which feels like forever. I'm, I'll stream after this podcast is over, uh, which is three times in a week, which honestly isn't that bad, but to me it just doesn't feel like enough. So... Um, I'm going to try to stick to a schedule a little bit better. This week was weird with some scheduling stuff. Uh, weather, we had over 100 degree temperatures where I live, which is weird for this time of the year, which made the stream room just impossible to be in. It's just, it's in an upstairs on the sun facing room. So when, the, uh, when it's very warm outside, it's almost unbearable in the stream room. So maybe not the best choice of location, but it's, uh, it is what it is. It's where I can put it. So. We'll work with it. Maybe I'll get a little portable air conditioner in here. Speaking of the stream, um, if you haven't noticed, I have started to diversify my content a bit. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to stomp my feet and moan and groan about Division One. Um, I'm just kind of done in the sense of I have nothing left to do. I'm definitely one that still does enjoy the combat loop and just the feel of fighting in the division um i enjoy survival but if i have to be honest um the survival thing has been getting kind of played up a bit um and i don't mean that in a negative way it's just literally that's all anyone's doing is survival and while survival is the closest thing we have to a like a like a fairly random mode or whatever you would want to call it it's still, um, you know, it gets old after a while. Um, for me, playing it um, and to watch it, you know, just kind of is what it is. So um, I still plan on trying to do Division at least once or twice a week. But when I'm not doing Division, um, I'm actually, and I feel so bizarre saying this, I'll probably be playing some Destiny 2. Uh, I gave it another chance after the Forsaken DLC uh, of just the base game, played through it. Found myself enjoying it a lot more than I expected. I got the Forsaken DLC. I'm leveling up three characters right now. Um, I was able to level up a hunter using a token you get when you buy uh, Forsaken, the Legendary Edition. Um, so the hunter is at 300-something power. Um, my Titan's 2-something. And my Warlock, I just, I'm not even through the story yet. So we'll be doing a little bit of Destiny 2. Um, I'm playing through the Tomb Raider reboot series, so right now I'm in the first game still. Um, I think probably about a fourth of the way through it. So over three or four streams, I'm going to finish that and then probably play the second and third one in the coming months. Um, Black Ops 4 and Red Dead Redemption 2 are coming out in October. 
uh, Black Ops, I will definitely be streaming often, um, both the multiplayer and the um, the the battle the battle royale. If any of you watch me play that during the beta time, you'll know that I was I was quite the fan. It was it was very good. I was very happy with it um, as a mode. I feel like Treyarch has done very well um, in competing with quote unquote the big boys. I actually decided I'm gonna get Call of Duty uh, Black Ops over Battlefield Five, at least for the time being. Battlefield Five felt good. I enjoyed playing it. I was playing it on PC. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little leery. I want I'm gonna wait in, in typical dice fashion. It may be good to wait a month or two until they get some stuff worked out with Battlefield Five between balancing and between uh, lag and and just stuff like that. It, it seems like it ran fairly well. Um, it just seems like there's some weird balance stuff going on with that game. So um, I, I'll probably end up getting it um, by the end of the year, beginning of 2019, but probably not on release. I'm going to go with, with Call of Duty, which is a thing I never thought I would say. Again, if I have to be totally honest, this will be my first Call of Duty since Black Ops 2. So I've missed like six games, something like that. So... Um, the last little piece of that is that I have seen a lot of people talking about Anthem and Anthem is a weird game to me. Uh, Anthem, uh, at initial sight appeared to be close to what I thought destiny was actually going to be, uh, a, a more kind of realistic aesthetic. Um, it just kind of, it just seems very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, if, if people remember when they initially announced Destiny, it had a much more gritty feeling, a much more realistic look and feel. And then they went a little more cartoony when the game actually came out um, with some of their aesthetic choices, um, which was just weird to me and really put me off. I'm not into like cartoony games. I fully recognize that games like Borderlands are amazing, but I hate, I despise cell shading. Because, again, Borderlands was um, a game that was supposed to have realistic graphics. And I assume, and I'm under the impression that at some point, uh, the development just required that they couldn't do what they originally intended, so they went cell shaded um, It's just, I just don't like the look. I, I, I like realistic-ish games, and I can't do it. So, um, the Anthem I'm probably not going to buy. Uh, it, it comes out a month before Division, or less, like three weeks before Division. I know where my time is going to go, like just just to be straight up, like I'm not going to, I don't want to spend 60 plus dollars on Anthem just to play it for three weeks and then probably not touch it for a year uh, or more. I don't know. I also don't have a ton of faith in, um, in EA, you know, in the, in, in those companies, it's just, I'm a little leery of, of everyone there with Mass Effect Andromeda being what it was. EA being who they are, uh, I suspect Anthem may be one of the big games where they reveal their new way of doing things, uh, but I, I'll believe it when I see it. So Anthem, probably not on my radar. Maybe something will change my mind between now and their release, but I just don't think it makes any sense for me to play that game or to buy it when there's a lot of things about it that just don't interest me. Honestly, I, I, I lost most of my interest in Anthem when I saw the first gameplay saw how slow and clunky and kind of uh, tedious it looked obviously it's just a snapshot pre-beta probably um i'm not I, i'm i'm not and i've heard good things i've heard people talk really well about it it's just it still just kind of looks like it's just going to be kind of a generic blow everything up shooter with the story being relegated to that one area of the game your home base or whatever I just don't, I don't know. There's going to be games I'm going to be grinding in 2019. I'll probably keep playing some Destiny 2 as they do releases. I'm going to be playing some Red Dead Redemption 2. And Division 2, of course. And I just don't know if Anthem is going to be in the cards for me. But we shall see. Stay of the game recap. There was none. Next day of the game will actually be next week, though. On the 27th. 
a big part of that is going um, to be a dev blog the same day on the website. And I am so excited for that. It's going to be, I think, our first significant chunk of information since E3 slash Gamescom. And uh, it, it's a chance for them to lay out some stuff really clearly. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be about. It could be anything from some game mechanics to guns and gunplay to skills to gear sets and armor and you know, loot. And, you know, I suspect they're going to do multiple dev blogs um, covering most of those things. At the end of the day, I'm happy to learn anything about Division 2 that isn't story-related. it's story-related, leave me alone, don't look at me, I don't want to see it. If it's uh, mechanic-related, gameplay loop-related, all that stuff, I want to hear all about it because um, I think that's going to be an important thing to discuss and talk about and speculate on and stuff like that. Uh, but if it's story, get out of my business, I don't want to know anything about it. Uh, if you want to check out a new interview that came out this week with um, Christian Panna, um, Gamer Revolution, Game Revolution, I did an interview with him. Um, I'll post a link to it in the comments or in the information description or whatever. Um, his last name's probably Pena, not Panna. Uh, but... The one quote I pulled from it was there was definitely areas of improvement at launch from bug-free fixes and server issues to balancing. Um, the, the interview is mostly about Division 1 and with um, a little bit of talk of Division 2. It's mostly about Division 1, the things that went wrong, and how they want to do better in the Division 2. And, um, and if you read through the interview, there's just a few moments in there where it's nice to see them. It's nice to see him just say, yeah, we jacked up on that. That was bad. And, you know, we couldn't quite completely fix it for during the release of division one, during the development and during the post release. Um, but it seems like there's things that they're focused on for division two that, um, are going to be good for all of us. So check it out. Okay, so the speculation piece. Um, this is probably going to be sort of short simply because there's so many questions that I'm going to need to answer and some of them I'm probably going to drag on about. Uh, but the speculation this week, I want to talk a little bit about exotics and gear sets. Um, so exotic weapons and gear um, and, and gear sets as we know them. The striker, the you know how those are going to be implemented in Division 2. At this point, we know there's going to be exotic weapons. We know there's going to be gear sets of some type. I actually, I don't believe we've heard or whether we have any indication there's going to be exotic gear like Barrett's vest and, and so on. Um, so exotics. So for me, um, after playing some destiny two and getting a little bit into that and seeing how they do their stuff, um, I'm kind of curious to, if we're going to have things like the historian, that um, is an exotic version of a gun that we have in the regular game in the high-end weapons. Same with the Liberator and some of the other guns. Um, whether or not we'll have exotic versions of guns we can get anyways, or if we can get some guns that are unique just to exotics, and that's all they are. Like the MDR, uh, the FAMAS after the update that made that an exotic, made it the Bullfrog. And, and stuff like that. My personal preference is I think it's actually to make the guns completely unique. The way the bullfrog is, the way the devil and the heel, and, and, and how you know, the showstopper, how most of the exotics are, where we don't have a high-end version of them. Um, because, at least in Division 1, which again, you have to consider how things are going to be different. Um, but many times, the non-exotic version of the gun was preferable. Um, because not all of the exotic talents were really all that useful. The Historian has very limited use. Uh, the Showstopper, uh, its actual third talent isn't what really makes it so great. It's, it's the fact that it's a fully automatic shotgun, and that was very useful in many situations with certain gear sets. Um, so if you think about it, I mean, gosh, you have guns like the Medved, which is one we have. It's the Sausage, but it has a Slug instead of Buckshot. So it only fires one heavy round, which in theory sounds amazing, right? 
unfortunately the gun sucks and it and I, I'm not aware that anyone's ever used the Medved successfully. I've never seen anyone running it unironically. So I personally kind of hope that we get guns that are completely unique to the exotics, even if maybe they're like really um, rare or exotic versions of the regular guns. Um, one example of that would be like the, the lightweight M4 or the M4 platform in general. We can have a few of those LVOAC, the police M4, maybe some other variants. But we could also have an exotic that's the Beowulf, which is actually a semi automatic um, 50 cal, 50 caliber uh, M4. It's not the 50 caliber that you think of, like in the Modus, the big machine gun that's on top of like tanks and stuff like that it's a different type of 50 caliber round um, but if you ever look up a beowulf m4 and you look at the rounds that that thing's spitting out um, it's dirty uh, if you are familiar with uh, rainbow six siege uh, their new operator the maverick the one who has the two m4s he has a regular m4 that's like modified and then he has a beowulf a semi-automatic big fat <laughs> a uh, big rifle that will that will put you down so like that kind of thing i think would be cool but i don't want kind of like how the liberator is uh the liberator uh, in the division one is the lightweight m4 model colored in chrome with the police m4 recoil pattern i believe and it sucks it's you know it ugh, it's gross so um another thing about the liberator though is i do like the liberator out of all of the exotics because the Liberator has three regular talents, the way all the other guns do, plus a talent. And that actually moves into my next topic, is gun sets. So the Liberator combines with a pistol to, to give you an extra talent that you can use. The Hilder and the Ear combine together, where when you switch between them, the Devil and the Heel are the same. Um, I actually really like that concept. I think that's a really cool thing to do because it you know you can balance that in an interesting way you can give potential power and awesomeness out of that but you also can implement some kind of uh drawback and to balance out that power so like the devil and the heel um that's a set where when used together you can be an extremely powerful marksman but if an enemy gets up and close on you, you're probably in bad shape because both of those guns are medium long range guns. And so you can't just switch to your MP7 or your MP5 or your, you know, whatever, you know, that your house, you know. Um, so I like the, the gun sets, the, the idea of that. Um, I'm even not against the idea of guns that um, work with gear sets. That get some extra talent or some extra advantage if you use them with a certain gear set. Again, as long as there's some kind of drawback. Um, exotics versus specializations. Um, I think that's going to be interesting in how all the specializations we have, uh, the current ones we know about that have the sniper rifle, the grenade launcher, and the crossbow. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because the exotic guns, the way a lot of them work now, um, almost has that feeling of like what the, the specializations will, but the specializations are more supposed to replace your ultimate which is something you got to use sparingly, right? Well, depending on how you build, you can build it to use it very often. But because the ammo is limited, it, it obviously, the specializations are the most obvious um, thing I've seen so far that harkens to games like Destiny. Um, in Destiny 2, you have the power weapons, which you get relatively limited ammo for that drops randomly from enemies. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty obvious play to, you know, how... Destiny 2 is going to be inspired, or uh, Division 2 is going to be inspired by games like Destiny. And, and I think that's great. But I'm really curious to how we're going to see the difference between the specialization weapons and the exotic weapons. Because I think the specialization weapons are supposed to be like, like super exotic. Uh, like a grenade launcher is a little bit more exotic than a FAMAS, you know. But um, I, I'm just going to be curious, too, if we're going to see any specialization weapons that maybe could have been exotics. I would say the 50 cal sniper rifle is kind of in that area. 
or if we're going to see any exotic weapons that could have been specializations. It, I'll just be curious and how they're going to work together and things like that. The last little topic is on the exotic gear. We just don't know. Um, like in the Division 1, we have gear such as Pharaoh's Mask, Barrett's Vest, uh, the Skull MC gloves, um, Bliss's holster, things like that, Ninja Bike Bag. And I think that's an interesting um, thing that we haven't heard anything about. Um, you would think that just following in the light you know, MMO RPG kind of um, world that it's almost essential that it only makes sense. Uh, but we haven't heard anything yet. So that's definitely a thing I'll be keeping my eye out on to see um, again. And here I go becoming who I used to hate. Um, but talking about destiny too and stuff, I really like their system where you can only use like one piece of legendary gear at any given time, which is the equivalent to our exotic gear. And um, so like if it, in the sense of division one, you could only use Barrett's vest and then you couldn't use any other exotics or you can only use skull MC gloves. And it's, and you, and like with the skull MC gloves, you typically just don't use other exotics, but it literally won't allow you. Um, so in division two, if they have a system similar to that, uh, maybe you could, you have to choose between a gear set and an exotic gear piece or something like that. It's, it's going to be interesting, especially considering that we're going to have the brands involved now in division two, where you can have an exotic piece and two pieces of a brand and then three pieces of a brand that almost makes that kind of like a ninja bike setup that, you know, or the hexo that we're familiar with now. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Now, what that does transition well into is my gear set part of this speculation and talking about um, we know we're getting gear sets. That's that's been confirmed, I believe, multiple times or at least heavily hinted at. And my question is how they're going to go with that. I would be very, very surprised if the gear set system looks at all similar to what we currently have. I think that we will see it be very different in one of two ways. I think either gear sets are going to be limited to like two or three pieces. So there's not going to be like a four or five, six piece set that here's this gear set. It's only three pieces. You use brands or exotics or whatever to fill in the other three pieces. Um, and, and it would kind of give some diversity in that way or that there'll be six piece only that you have to collect all six pieces to be able to use it. Uh, and until then you literally can't even equip it. You have to have all six pieces to even be able to use that set. Um, I'm cool with that. Or you can equip it maybe, but it, you get zero extra talent. So there, there would be no reason to use it um, because the brand sets and the high end gear would simply just be better because you're talking about either talent on gear or none until you have all six pieces. Um, I, th I think that would be awesome actually, especially if they do the loot table in a interesting way in a rewarding way. And I think, um, that would be probably the better way to do it as long as the brand sets or the exotic gear and all of that is still worth using because the biggest issue with division one is that the, The high-end gear and the exotics in Division 1 just aren't attractive enough to prevent people from using the gear sets, especially the classified. And the, and the thing is with that system is that if there's no choice, then it ruins the whole system, right? If, if, if there's no reason to even consider using high-end gear anymore or in combination with exotic, then literally you have over half of the loot table isn't even worth keeping that people delete it as soon as they get it. Um, a big part of that is that the talents in division one gear, most of the high end gear are useless. You know, there's a couple backpacks, there's one set of gloves, there's a, there's a couple chess pieces, you know, that people are and I guess a mask refreshed, you know, 
it's just not, you know, there's the knee pads and holster at this point are useless. And so even if people are running high-end gear, most of them are still running a classified knee pad and holster, you know, uh, especially in like hexo builds and things like that. So I'm cool with the six set with the six piece six piece being required. They just want need to make sure that the other gear isn't left behind and it's still powerful. And they need to make sure that the classified sets are balanced appropriately where it's not an obvious choice. It's not a meta choice that there um, that there is a, a choice to be made, because if one set is so much more powerful than the rest or if gear sets in general are just more powerful than the high end sets entirely, um, then there is no choice and we aren't getting the experience that we deserve or that we should have. Listener questions. Crazy people. Okay, so I threw out questions. I've got questions from Splinter Shield, Games with Weezer, Mike Smirarski. I'm sure I destroyed that. Obi, Flim Flam, and DB Dave. So Splinter Shield asks, if there was a burrito consumable, what bonus would it give? And I think the only real answer is that Due to the gas it would give you, and the sense of urgency from that gas, your character would run faster for a short amount of time, both in the urgency of finding a bathroom and being propelled by flatulence. And I think it would only be fair if, in coordination with that, we had fart sounds every time your player took a step. I mean, duh, right? Come on. We all know that that's the answer. Thank you for the question, Splinter Shield. Game with Weezer. Playing the demo, how difficult was it to go back to the Division 1, and has the demo given you any idea of things you'd like to see in Division 2 compared to the original? Uh, it was tough. And honestly, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but getting to play the Division 2 for a total of like, I don't know, an hour between all my play sessions, maybe a little more, probably hastened my decision to pull back on Division just a little bit. You know, I still want to keep playing it, especially come January, February, really dive back in, uh, maybe play some characters from scratch or something like that. I don't know. But. Um, it, it was hard because the Division 2, as familiar as it felt in that demo, is um, it, it felt better. So it's kind of like if you were playing the original game when Division first came out, got to play 1.8 for a day, and then had to go back to 1.0 and play that for six months or more. Because that was back in June, it, almost a year at that point. Uh, it's blowing my mind how long it's been since E3 already. Uh, when it comes to ideas uh, on Division 2 compared to 1, yeah, I mean, it's just been, even just that little glimpse, the the difference in character movement, um, the new skills, the different gunplay feel, um, the different time to kill. I mean, all of that stuff has basically inspired everything I've been doing ever since. And when I see little updates or, or, or hear little things about the Division 2, um, I basically take that time I had with the game and try to remember that that was a very early version of the game and lots, is gonna, lots will change. But um, definitely try to use that as a way to kind of understand how um, the sequel is going to play out. And um, I'm excited. It, it, it's cool. I'm really, really glad I got to touch it. But it did make the wait even, uh, even, even tougher. So, thank you, Weezer. Mike says, if the underground returns in Division 2, what changes would you like to see made that would improve the experience? Um, they, they've pretty heavily hinted that survival is returning. Um, underground is the my second favorite DLC, um, so I would like it to return in some capacity, but maybe not even as like a DLC. I would almost kind of like if 
um, the underground kind of returned in kind of the way strikes are in Destiny 2, where you can kind of activate them in the world and they kind of um, appear. Uh, you know, during the demo and during the trailers that we've gotten, they've definitely hinted pretty heavily um, to the subway system and, and the underground system in DC. We've gotten very little info about it, but to me, I feel like there's been some pretty heavy-handed suggestion that that's going to be a pretty big part of the game. Even in the previews talking about the tunnels underneath DC and um, in the demo where it showed you know the agents were down in the, the tunnels and had all of the contamination alerts and all that stuff popping up, it's um, I, I feel like that was uh, a very purposeful thing, and um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that. Um, when it comes to comparing it to the Underground Division 1 and things that could be improved, I, it, my biggest issue with the Division 1 Underground is that even though they've improved the loot potential, um, I don't really need the loot, so that has gone from me. But even if I did, um, the end of the missions are just not very satisfying. Um, even the bosses you fight at the end just are kind of me, you know. Um, so I would just like it to be a, just like a more satisfying loop. Um, I, I've always compared the underground of the division as the closest thing we've gotten to Warframe. If you've played Warframe, uh, it's a game I've dabbled in. It's just not really my thing, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, but what it does provide is this experience of running through levels, obliterating everything um, it, it relatively quickly. The underground missions, I, I think that's kind of a mix of that. Um, they're a nice thing to get into. If you do a three-phaser, you know, you're in there for 30, 35, 40 minutes. If you suck like me. And I think that that's a nice experience, but maybe there should be like a faster version. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the speed of completion, the rewards, um, the enemy variety is fine. I think I, I don't mind. Um, I, I wish that there was a little more maybe puzzle element to it. Um, I, I just feel like the experience can be built upon. I don't think that they need to take underground and scrap it but definitely just add to that type of loop and to add to that feel of what the underground provides. Thanks for the question, Mike. I appreciate it. Obi has three questions. Um, how confident are you about the launch going smoothly? Well, that's a mixed bag, right? And it's a, it's a my first point will be that Ubisoft's releases have gotten a lot better basically since the Division 1 came out. I feel like most of the games since then, um, while not perfect, have had smoother releases. Um, things like Origins, Far Cry 5, things like that. Um, obviously, those are very different games produced by different studios. Uh, but just as a company, it seems like things have improved a lot in the way that they, uh, the fit and finish. Um, on top of that, the way that they've treated the Division 1 in the mid to late life. Uh, again, I know, I totally understand that people have gripes and, and, ang and angry words and, and complaints, and I think that many of them are valid. Um, but I still think that if you consider the circumstances and the context, they've done a lot with Division 1, and, and most of it good. I know that there will be voices that will pipe up and, and disagree, and that's fine. Um, but I think that the the majority of players, especially the quote-unquote average player that I hear from or see talk on the subreddit, on Twitter, stuff like that, that the average gamer is really happy with where the division went and how, it's, how it is now. Um, I understand the more dedicated fans or people who want very specific uh, experiences aren't happy. Um, and the really dedicated people see the glaring issues that still remain. I see them too, I promise. I'm not that much of a shill. Um, but I think overall, those things have given me a lot of confidence that the game will release smoothly, I think is the key word, like you said. I think it's going to be a much smoother release. And do I think Division 2 is going to release with no bugs? I hope it releases with very minimal, if no exploits. Um... But do I think it's going to be perfect when it releases? I absolutely do not. Uh, in no way, shape, or form. And 
that's not necessarily because of the division or because of massive or because of ubisoft um it's more just i've played games in the last five years and i can't think of a single game i've played that has come out and been in perfect shape uh, what's so interesting to me is as i've diversified my playtime a little bit when i'm in the destiny subreddit when i'm in the warframe subreddit when i'm in these other things and i'm, and I'm looking at even spider-man at this point in other games uh, i think that sometimes we get in a bubble and we think like oh man the division community is so whiny or, or blah 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 you know uh and if you go into every other community <laughs> Call of Duty, Battlefield, PUBG, Fortnite, all of these different communities. There's there's such a similar feel about it that the vocal minority gets heard and is very annoying at times, even if they don't represent everyone. Um and that, you know, there's just a lot of complaining in gaming communities in general. Um so if if there were any other studios creating perfect games, I would have that expectation from Division 2, but since there aren't, that's not what I'm expecting. Now, that's not saying I don't want that to happen, and I don't think that should be the goal. Uh, that's a big rub I have, is that people think that um, you know I excuse the Division or, or whatever uh, in saying that it's okay if they suck, if, you know, if I don't have an expectation that's higher than that. Um, and that's not true. It's just... I look at things in my life in two ways, things I want and things I actually expect. What I want from Division 2 is a perfect release with no issues at all, and it's amazing, and they can just all hang out for a month after the game comes out because it's so perfect. That's what I want, and I think that should be the goal. On the other side, that's not what I expect because it's just unrealistic. It's just not... It's if you're expecting Call of Duty to release perfect, if you're expecting Red Dead, if you think the Destiny 2, even after Forsaken, is a quote unquote perfect game, it's not. If you think Warframe's gonna be perfect, if you think Anthem's gonna be perfect, then you're a fool. You can expect that and you can want that, but if you actually think that that's gonna be the case, then I think that a reality check might be uh, necessary for for your your thought process. And that's not an insult. It's just literally, I think it's just a, as an as an adult who's been playing games for a long time, um, I think this expectation people sometimes have that everything's going to be perfect uh, is, is just silly. My last point to this question, though, is that I do think it's very, 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 very important for the communication from the Division team to be hands down better than it was when the game first released, when the Division 1 released. And even to a point better than it is now, I, I very, very, very strongly believe that the CMs and the, the and the CDs and stuff like that that you know, Petter, Yannick, Hamish, um, Amper, you know, I truly believe they tell us as much as they're allowed to. What I implore is that the people above them, the ones who decide what they are allowed to tell us. Um, are much more generous with the information that they can give us when it comes to bugs, updates, exploits, and all those things. Um, because at least I think it's so obvious how often they're handcuffed and what they're allowed to say. Um, even if they want to tell us more, or even if something does make them mad, or even if you know there is something stupid going on, or even if there's just bad news, I, I hope that whoever authorizes what they're allowed to tell us um, realizes that while while it may sting to give us information that they don't want to give us for various reasons, um, that it's better for the community in the long run to have us uh, informed and, and part of the process. Okay, second part of Obi's questions. Any anti-cheat systems? I don't know. I, I, I'm not... What's tough about that is that I'm not under the impression that you can just drop Punk Buster into Snowdrop. Um, I think that there's a possibility Snowdrop wasn't even developed with the intention of having one of, you know, Battle Eye or Punk Buster or whatever system, you know, whatever, because that's what everyone wants, right? Everyone wants them to implement some well-known, respected, proven anti-cheat for the PC players. And I just... I have a suspicion that the, that the engine just isn't even meant for that. On top of that, 
I suspect that you know games that are meant to be competitive invest in that because they have to. PUBG, Call of Duty, you know, even Destiny uses Battle.net, you know, um, and, and has those protections. So to have the really robust anti-cheat that they invest a lot into to get and to use and to maintain, um, that requires that their intent is for the division to be a competitive game, quote unquote. And I've said it for a long time, and I still believe it, that I, I don't think that the division is meant to be an MLG game, an esports game, or anything of that type. I hope it is. I hope that it releases, and the PvP is in such a good spot that the engine and the networking updates are so good that the servers have been improved so much that we have our first competitive shooter RPG. That'd be great. That'd be great. But that's not... But I think and that's not what I'm expecting. And personally, that's not what I want. If I want that experience, I'm going to go play some Call of Duty. I'm going to go play some PUBG. I'm going to go play some Fortnite. I'm going to go play some Destiny 2. You know, there, there's games that will fulfill that for me. So for me personally, as a consumer, I want the Division 2 to have awesome and varied PvE that is always updating and changing and that never no one experience is the same as the next in pve i hope that there's new pve content every month or every other month i hope that the content we get even within its own self evolves and changes throughout the life of the game to make a really fun pve game and on top of that i hope they tack on some satisfying pvp experiences for me personally what that means is that there is some kind of you know, ability to play 4v4 a skirmish type that's way better than skirmish that has more options or or something different even a last stand mode that's just smaller but it has like 8v8 and and maybe is like area control and things like that um that's what i want from pvp and if they can throw in features like private servers and things like that so we can run tournaments uh things like pvp survival where you can do stuff like that I just don't think the goal with Division from the inception of the game was ever to make it truly competitive, which is why I think things like anti-cheat and stuff like that have lagged off so bad. I just don't think it's a priority. Um, and so I hope in the Division 2 it is for the people who really want that experience, even though that's not really what I care about. I just don't know. I, I think that there will be some improved anti-cheat measures um, but I think to expect Punkbuster, Battleye, you know, stuff like that, I think may be a bridge too far. And I don't think is what they're doing. And I sincerely hope I am wrong. Last question from Obi. Do you think they should be selling extra DLC when they don't have the full details? Um, stash space, for, for example. So this goes back to my my thing about how there's things I want and there's things I realistically expect. Uh, with with the pre-order DLC and all of that, um, I, from the perspective of what I want, is uh, yeah, I, I wish that they wouldn't. I, it's not that I wish that they wouldn't be trying to sell DLC or be selling this extra stuff without actually knowing what it is yet. Um, it's not that. I think they should or shouldn't. I think it's fine that they are. I just, I do believe that we should have more details. Like the, the stash space thing. I genuinely think the stash space thing is going to end up being such a non-issue once we have details um, that it's, I think a lot of people are going to feel really silly in the way that they reacted about it. That said, they could have prevented all of that backlash by just not announcing it or by giving us maybe not even giving us the clear numbers you get extra you know 10 extra spots or whatever maybe they don't have that figured out yet but making it very clear that everyone's going to have this amount of stash space and whatever this extra is it's going to be nice to have but it's not going to set anyone up way ahead of everyone else because if that extra stash space gives people twice as much as people who don't pre-order those additions that's i still don't think it's pay to win because i when I look at the way that I use my current stash, and I think most other people use it, it's just going to be a place for crap to sit. But, so I don't think it's necessarily a balance issue. Um, 
if the base amount is reasonable. I just think it's it's like an unnecessary thing. And the thing I hope people realize is that I highly suspect that that none of the people who actually work on the game were sitting around like, hey, let's do extra stash space for people who pay more. I'm sure no one's going to have an issue with that. Those people are in touch enough with the community that they know that that was going to be a problem. I'm sure if you ask most of the devs about this situation, most of them think it's a stupid distraction and that they wish it wasn't even a thing. But you have to understand that the people who look at these games and make the calculations and figure out how much money like the Division 2 is going to need to make to be profitable and to be worth maybe making Division 3 to continue supporting Division 2, those are the people who decide these stupid things. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. I think that sucks. I hate that. But at the end of the day, everyone answers to someone. And when they stick the stuff in there, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a regrettable reality. And so that's where I go from. I wish that they wouldn't have done this because I think it just created unnecessary controversy and I switch over to my realism is that I think we should have expected this to be in there and I think people should expect more I think people should expect some kind of microtransactions which I don't think most people have an issue with at this point if you want to buy a cool hat or cool boots that you can buy you can just do it I hate that you have to use credits I wish I could just buy it with money I could just say yes those boots are two dollars I want them instead of buying ten thousand you know, division credits or whatever. I do hate that system, but that's the standard, unfortunately. And I think people should expect loot boxes in Division 2, encrypted caches. My rub with that is not knowing what's in there and what the chances are of getting it. I know other people's rub is think of the children and gambling addicts. I just think that's such a minuscule part of the problem that it should be addressed and it should be looked at honestly. But I think that it's more of the issue of not getting the items you want or getting dupes and stuff like that. That's where I, that's the issue I have with the whole system. If kids are getting a hold of credit cards and buying that stuff, that's a whole different problem. If gambling addicts have chosen the division to be their outlet for their gambling addiction, my dad is a gambling addict so that's an issue that isn't lost on me um so you know i've been through some really rough times in my life helping him deal with that um so i'm not the thing i do know though is that if people who gambling addicts aren't going to use the division as their primary thing and if they do and if that gets taken away, they're just going to go somewhere else. It's just, That's a tough issue. And so without getting too into it or getting too personal about it, um, I think that the, the kitty boxes thing, I'm not even going to say the other thing because it's stupid and it's ignorant and it's it's just purely offensive and meant to trigger people because people can't make good content. But... Those issues, I think, are reasonable, but not the biggest problem. The biggest problem for me is is what we're seeing with all this stuff, with loot boxes and stuff like that, um, and how you just don't know what you're going to get. So if my, my summary, <laughs> because I got off topic a little bit, is that no, I don't think that they should be selling this DLC without giving us better details. Um, but I understand that they are, and in a very hypocritical statement, I've pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition for PC and the DZ Edition for Xbox. So I've jumped in. Um, I also have no issue with people who are going to wait until Division comes out who aren't going to pre-order. Um, I think to say that you're not going to get the game at all, and for whatever reason, is a bit silly, unless you simply just don't care anymore about the Division, which is cool. That's your prerogative. Um... So yeah, my answer is no. I don't think that they should be doing that. Uh, I understand why they are, and I sincerely hope that they don't ruin the hype around this game by one, making really bad decisions when we finally do get the details, and by two, um, just being fair about how they do stuff and, and actually listening to the community once we have actual details. Uh, the second to last person here is Flim Flam. 
asks, uh, will or should the Division 2 have Destiny 2 public event-like events in the LZ? I paraphrase that. The question was a little bit longer, but that's how I summarized it. So the thing about that is one, again, we get back to another want and realism thing. So I want that to happen, 100%. I would love to have a situation where I can be running through the map and see an alert pop up um, on my on my LZ, not in the DZ, and I can run to this location where there's some event happening. And when I show up, there's three other agents fighting these hordes or these mobs that are spawning who are trying to take over a hospital or they're trying to raid a you know, supply depot or something like that. The, the thing is, what that would require for it to be just like Destiny 2 would be that we would have a shared LZ and that we'd be running around the LZ and that there would be other people there who are not in our party. I do not believe that's going to change. I still think that the LZ is going to work the way that Division 1 did, where we are in our own, we're by ourselves. If we want to invite people, we can. The way I think that maybe we could implement what you're talking about without changing that not that I don't want to change it, but I don't think it's going to change, is that we could have events pop up, kind of like the contamination events and the DZ and things like that, where it automatically match makes and cues. So you start one, and it will automatically put some people in there with you. Um, that's how I believe some of the strikes are and stuff in Destiny 2, where you join a strike, and it automatically puts you with a couple people, you jump in, you do the mission. Um, I'd be cool. I think that's uh, kind of a happy medium where without populating people into your private LZ that are uninvited, that they could automatically matchmake you whenever you begin one of these quote unquote events. Um, so it'd be like mini missions, essentially. Uh, I'd be cool with that. And then it could give people the choice too to, to turn that off. Maybe you want to do those things by yourself, but you don't have to. Um, so, so I think that they should, but I don't think they will simply because I don't think that the LZ is going to change that much. And finally, DB Dave, would you like to see more interesting side missions like national treasure missions where players have to go to find and retrieve artifacts looted from places like the Smithsonian? I would love that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a system like that. Um, what I think you're going to find is... Uh, it's it is it's it's saving what remains you know it's it's kind of that idea and while we're going to be fighting factions we're going to be helping civilians we're going to be doing whatever we do it would be really cool if there were some side missions or something like that where you need to go retrieve the declaration of independence uh and maybe it's like this really tough thing where it's if you remember national treasure you know like you're gonna have to fight down into the vaults and you know maybe the true sons because they're old patriots you know they're 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 former soldiers and they think it's really important to get the not the you know the declaration of independence um that you're trying to get it before they do and you have to fight through them to get to it and then hack into the security system to be able to get it uh no i think that would be so freaking cool man i think that'd be such a cool um, way to do it and behind missions like that, you could hide exotic weapons and you could hide things like that. You can make it really challenging content. Um, so, yes, I would love to see that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, and I really hope it happens in some capacity. And you would kind of think it would because um, if you think about it, obviously power structures and, and, and leaders and stuff are going to be important once, quote unquote, this all calms down. But there are callbacks to history and there's callbacks to the culture of the United States that would be really really important for anyone who's trying to restore order and who wants to bring the country back to something similar to what it was before um i think those kind of artifacts and stuff would be really important for the nation after this crisis because it's something to harken back to from the way things were before and things like that so Again, I think that's a ridiculously awesome idea, and I really, really hope that something in that vein gets um, gets implemented, and I would love to see something like that, even if it's just like a little side quest for Intel and things like that. So, excellent question. I hope you enjoyed my answer. Uh, to everyone who asked questions this week, thank you so much. 
uh, for further episodes. If you want to ask questions like that, catch me on Twitter, catch me on Discord, catch me on the YouTube. You can comment on the podcast wherever you listen to them. Um, just let me know. I'm happy to give you credit and answer your questions. That said, that's what I have for you this week. This is, a, I think, my longest solo episode ever. I am going to try to work on getting guests again, um, but that's probably not happening super soon. Uh, but when it does, I will let you guys know. Please check out the Echo Cast on Anchor, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can also catch it on YouTube in video form. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch as Bond Diesel. You can find me on Instagram as Bond Diesel underscore Twitch. That's what we have today. I am Bond Diesel. This is the Echo Cast. And until next time. <laughs>